The dollar has been ripping in 2022. Because of the dollar's centrality in the global economy, this appreciation is directly impacting the fate of emerging markets and the well-being of their people the world over. What factors are responsible for dollar strength this year? What consequences does dollar strength have on different types of economies? Let's take a deep dive. What accounts for dollar strength this year? Two factors are overwhelmingly responsible. First, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates far more quickly and aggressively than central banks that control other reserve currencies, the euro, Japanese yen, Swiss franc, and British pound. And when interest rates linked to owning a reserve currency are high on a relative basis, investors want to access that yield. The most simple way to earn this yield is to hold that currency as a deposit in a bank account. But to do this, the investor needs to buy dollars in the foreign exchange market. In return, they need to sell the currency they were holding before. Given a fixed supply, the demand for the purchased currency goes up. The demand curve for dollars, as it were, shifts upwards and its price increases. For example, selling euros to buy dollars leads to an appreciation of the dollar versus the euro. And when this type of trade occurs across many currencies, the dollar appreciates in general. We're seeing this today as investors purchase dollars and sell other currencies. Second, and less important, is the prevailing climate of macroeconomic uncertainty. Uncertainty creates risk aversion, and risk aversion leads to what traders, at least when they are on TV and cannot be foul of tongue, call a flight to safety. The dollar, backed by the taxes that the American government can levy, is the world's reserve currency, and this means it's safe to hold in times of stress. In general, fluctuations in the value of the dollar don't have much of an impact, either positive or negative, on the overall performance of other large, developed economies. Here's a very simple example that begins to paint the picture in broad brushstrokes. A stronger dollar leads to higher costs for German firms who have to exchange their euros for dollars to buy oil. But at the same time, more Americans will buy BMWs and take vacations to Berlin and Munich. For the sake of simplicity, we can assume that the overall effect of dollar fluctuations is more or less neutral for an economy like Germany's. A large developed economy has features that insulate it from the consequences of dollar fluctuations. Yes, countries like Germany or Japan export and import a lot, but each country's economy enjoys three key benefits. First, firms and governments can borrow in their domestic currency. Second, the economy is diversified, making it robust to shocks. And finally, each country has significant trade exposure to countries other than the United States. Seeking higher yields affects the value of all currencies in the short run, but when we discussed what affects the value of the dollar, we only touched on one of the special qualities of it, that it's purchased in times of uncertainty. What wasn't mentioned is the dollar's role as a global currency, and this is the crux of the lesson today. Let's start with the dollar denomination of commodities. The price of oil on the global market is denominated in dollars, so is wheat, and natural gas, and fertilizer. The list goes on. 
Partly because of this, there are lots of dollars flowing through the plumbing of the global financial system. The Federal Reserve estimates that about 39% of dollars are held abroad. Energy exporters like Saudi Arabia and the UAE don't mind a strong dollar. For every barrel of oil and metric ton of natural gas they export, they accumulate more dollar reserves relative to their own currency. This allows the country a great deal of flexibility. If it wishes, it can easily control the value of its own currency by selling dollars. It can also make direct purchases of necessary imports denominated in dollars, like raw wheat, to feed its people. Prolific energy exporters are largely immune from dollar fluctuations. This is precisely because they're net recipients of dollars. Just as the dollar denominated currencies, it also denominated debt. The bonds of a developing country are risky. Volatile politics are one reason, but the most important contributor to that risk is currency depreciation. Here's why. Imagine your brokerage introduces a bond trading feature on New Year's Day. You're excited and buy a one-year Turkish government bond of 100 lira with a 20% coupon. This means that you've given the Turkish government 100 lira on New Year's Day, and that at the end of the year, if all goes well, the government deposits in your account 120 lira, your initial loan plus 20% interest. Seems attractive? On paper, yes. But annual inflation in Turkey is around 80%, this means that although your nominal return is 20%, you've lost around 50% of your dollars. Because you want to save in dollars, not lira, you're worse off in real terms. This example is exactly what any emerging market debt investor has at the back of their mind when they buy a country's bonds. Will that government just print their own currency to pay me back? So how can an emerging market government be credible and access foreign credit? they can borrow in dollars. This means that they need to acquire dollars in the future to service that debt. For an energy exporter, as we discussed, this isn't a problem. In contrast, let's look at the recent default of Sri Lanka. Over half of Sri Lanka's government debt is denominated in dollars. Sri Lanka is also heavily dependent on imports for fuel and food, again denominated in dollars. The country's food security was made worse by a government ban on chemical fertilizers, forcing the Sri Lankan government to use $450 million of foreign reserves to import food. Due to the war in Ukraine, global energy and food costs have increased precipitously. The UN Food Price Index is up 23.1% this year. Meanwhile, the dollar has grown stronger. Crucially, since 2019, Sectors in the Sri Lankan economy that produce dollar inflows, particularly tourism, have slowed dramatically. The government faced an impossible conundrum with its dwindling dollar reserves. Pay its creditors or pay for food and fuel. It chose the latter. It became apparent in February that a crisis was on the horizon and Sri Lanka defaulted in May. The presidential residence was stormed and the government changed. The country is at an aider not seen since its civil war. Sri Lanka can be thought of as a canary in the coal mine. The poorer a country is, the higher the relative consumption cost of food and energy. And if that country suddenly has to import these necessities at much higher costs, 
welfare declines dramatically. This same dynamic of low-income and middle-income countries struggling to concurrently service their dollar debt and pay for expensive fuel and food is at play the world over. From Accra to Buenos Aires to Cairo to Islamabad, the dual crisis looms. Even if these countries avoid default or agree to an IMF restructuring of their debt, the everyday people of developing economies are feeling the pressure. Sharp increases in the price of energy and food from the war in Ukraine have contributed to increasing inflation. This global price shock has been a meaningful input into the Federal Reserve's decision to hike interest both now and in the future. In isolation, this alone would be consequential for emerging markets, yet the price of energy and food has itself gone up. Before all of this, Emerging market debt loads increased dramatically from the disruption of a global pandemic, but at that time, the costs of servicing that debt were relatively low, and interest rate payments were temporarily halted in some cases. As of the 28th of July, Tunisia, Egypt, Pakistan, and Ghana are engaged in emergency rescue discussions with the IMF. They're teetering on a default. A perfect storm has developed. Like the eye of a hurricane, the dollar sits quietly in the middle. The question isn't whether this storm will make landfall, but what countries it might hit, and with what severity. Thank you for watching. The Deep Dive is considering producing a multi-part series on the dollar system since 1945. How and why did the dollar become so important in the world economy? What critical challenges to the global monetary system occurred over the past 80 or so years? What's different today than in the mid-20th century? If this sounds interesting, please leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you.